If you have your Bibles, uh, look at Genesis 37. Yeah. I enjoy people who love the Word of God. Read your Word, study your Word, and become an example of what the Word of God looks like in action. There are, there are uh, people in Scripture that are types and shadows, Old Testament, we call them types and shadows of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Joseph is certainly one of those, a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there, uh, I've been reading for him about years, and I, I don't know how much we'll, we'll look at here this morning, but we'll start in uh, Genesis 37, Genesis 37, and we'll start in verse 2. The, 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 the second line, there. well, let's start there. And Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Billah, the sons of Zipha, excuse me, and his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Uh, There's someone, there's two people. You have a pain in your neck and the Lord is healing your neck right now. Just receive that. Uh, Verse five, and Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brother. There's a lot of action going on here this morning. (laughs) I'm focused, you know, I'm focused, but there's things happening here. Do you know that the unseen realm is much more real than what you actually see? Everything you see right now is just being controlled by an unseen realm. And Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and he told it to his brothers and he said, look, I have a dream and another dream. And this time the sun, moon and 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his fathers rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. We started in uh, the tail end of verse two to point something out there, and it's that Joseph gives a bad report about his brothers to his father. And that's really interesting because uh, one of the things that I've learned that is really important is this, that you have to, to correctly relate to God, you have to understand how he relates to you, and you have to understand his nature towards you. It's very, very difficult to connect with God in a lifestyle if you think he's mad or angry or disappointed in you. And there's, there's, a, there's a very real thing, despite what some leaders might say, called a devil and demons. And they will work very hard to convince you that God is not interested in your life. Or that you don't have much purpose, or that you're not good enough. 
Here's, God is like beyond genius level, so this is what he does. He has already gone to the end of your life, and he's already chosen you before the very foundation of the world. That means he knows all your quirks, all your mistakes, all the things that would cause you to stumble, all, all the mistakes you would ever make, and he goes, I'll still choose them. That's really good news. So the point of all that is this. He gives a bad report about his brothers. I want to suggest to you that you can actually say something that is true but incorrect in that moment. This is really big, especially right now in, our, in, our, in the current climate. We can say things that are true about current things in our nation or political leaders, but it can be completely contrary to what God has called us to speak out of our mouth. For me personally, I'm not mature enough to watch much media because it takes me like 45 minutes to repent and like, because like I just got things in my mind, you know. And I've learned I keep myself safe as long as it doesn't transfer from what's in my mind to what comes out. So Joseph, I want to suggest to you, he's got some immaturity there. And he's almost going, hey, dad, guess what? These guys, you know, they got issues. And I want to suggest the rest of the narrative of scripture tells us they got issues. So he's actually giving an accurate report. But sometimes, there's many times I'll, I'll notice things about other people. I go, God, that's interesting. Or he'll tell me things about other people, and, I, and he's not telling me in any way to report it to anyone. Right. One of the measures of maturity is the ability to see a weakness in a person, a movement, or group of people, and simply stand at that place in a place of prayer and blessing. Yes. Think, think about this. Think about this. How many people are perfect today? You laugh. And we want God to be gracious to us, right? We want him to be merciful to us. We want him to be, a, you know, go for it, destiny, you're amazing. It's not like, so this is how God gives us lens to see other people. It's also the reason why he calls us into a community. There's no such thing as discipleship on your own. Because the person next to you is not as uh, holy as you. <laughs> So what happens is he brings, there are certain things I have learned that you cannot learn about thinking and seeing like God that cannot take place outside of the community because that's what he does. He, you know, they'll do a mission trip here and you'll go on a mission trip and then you discover that that person that you've been sitting next to for three, three you know, five years, they got some interesting quirky personality things and they snore. And they might have a different political opinion than you. And you loved them before that. Just like God. He loves us despite the things that he sees that are, need a shift and a change in us. So he's got, he's got some challenges here. But he's only 17. And the reason we emphasize that point because we read that uh, he receives a dream from his father. Excuse me, he, he receives a dream from God. Who gave Joseph that dream? God. Oh, good. Sometimes they have a pause when I say that. God gave Joseph a dream. 
God gave Joseph a dream. God gave Joseph a dream. God gave Joseph a dream. It's really important. Because God has a unique purpose for every season in world history. And he's got thoughts and ideas and intentions for every season. I was in, um, in April, I believe I was in Alabama, I was teaching at, at a conference, and I, when I just stood up, I said, it just came out of my heart, and I go, man, that, 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 that's something the Lord's trying to teach me here. He said, I said, God has put us on the earth during this season to be alive in a pandemic that we never th- thought we would see in the earth. And he's called us to represent him. According to Psalm 24, the psalmist said, right, the earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. Who who does the earth belong to? But according to Genesis 1.28, he has given it to people, to humanity. God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that he has nothing to do with in the earth. So the earth belongs to the Lord, and he's given it to his people to represent him. The earth belongs to the Lord, and he's given it to, people, uh, to, pe- to his people to represent him. Now, if God owns something, that means he has an interest in something. Very, very important. God is interested in what's taking place in the earth right now. And he puts people on the earth for specific times, and he has a dream that is unique to that season in history, and he puts your name inside of that dream, and he knows how he's wired you specifically for that dream, and he puts that dream on the inside of you to represent him in the middle of whatever is taking place in the earth because he has qualified you to live on the earth during that time and represent him. Now, here's the really good news that I've learned with God. God never sends anyone to earth, man or woman, without making all provision available to them. Everything you ever needed before you came to earth has already been given. So you're on the earth for this time. According to Psalm 139, his thoughts towards you are like the sand of a seashore. Yes. Ever, I, I've sat on the beach. I remember one day years ago, I, I, was, I was sitting on the beach in, in Wilmington, and I like to go when no one's there. And I'm just sitting, and he's like, look at the water. I said, like, what do you see? I said, yeah, I see water. He said, as far as you can see, That is the depth of the things that I have for you. So he's got these thoughts towards you. He's got lots of things that he saw in you before the foundation of earth. According to Jeremiah 1, it says that he intimately knew Jeremiah before he ever came to earth. He knew knew his personality. He knew the things he would like. He knew the things that he, he would dislike. He put that personality on the inside of you. 
But here's something else interesting. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me, call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. So he has these thoughts towards people. He's got these, he's got this, I saw it this morning, this like treasure chest of things, of ideas, of concepts, of words, of places you're supposed to go, of where you're supposed to live, of who you're supposed to connect with that day. He's got all these things in the treasure house. But then he puts it on the responsibility of people to call upon him to receive those things that you don't know about. This is, this is like, this is something I've learned here. And this is not for like really spiritual people. I've learned that even the most elementary things of walking with the Lord, you will not receive unless you are hungry and positioned to receive them. Really important. How many would agree this morning? It's still morning. It's still morning. How many believe having a relationship with God is really important. Amen. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, God, I'm in the right place. Okay. Not too many ex-Catholics or... Anyway, so, uh, so having a relationship with God, talking to God, fellowshipping with God is really important, right? Here's what's interesting. I noticed this. In Luke 11... Jesus is praying to his father, and we, and we know. And he, here's something else. Jesus prayed. You, you'll see this constant. Jesus is the model son. You'll see he prayed in the morning. He prayed at night. He prayed, he prayed at the father's leading, and it was intentional, and it was solitary. So there are things that you cannot receive outside of corporateness, but there are things that you cannot receive out of individual connection with God. So we know you, you really can't walk with God as God intends you to walk unless there is a life of deep fellowship with God. But here's the thing. The, the original 12 and then he's got a, a, a three, he never teaches them how to pray unless they ask him. Wow. So good. It's amazing. The, one of the most elementary things is like talking to God and unless they are curious enough to ask him, they will not understand exactly how to pray. Now that takes off that little thing, you know, like that. It, 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 it. See, here's another thing I'm learning too. You can say things about God, and even because they've been said over and over again, doesn't make them true. Come on. <laughs> like if the Lord wants me to have it, you know, He knows where I am. Yeah, He knows. But He told you to go to cross town to hear that preacher you don't like. And he will often wrap up what you need in people you have judgments against to deliver you and then to teach you something. So it's the positioning of your heart that will cause you to receive understanding. Here's something I have known. Anyone who has made a choice to live, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first. I have found that, that that really solves a lot of people's problems. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll you know, they want consultation with leaders. Like, we, we got this problem. And I'm trying to listen because 
I have learned something else, that a lot of times when people are talking about problems, that's not really the problem. So I'm listening, and you know a lot of times it's just really simple. The Lord would say, the problem here, I'm not even talking about just parishioners, I'm talking about leaders. The Lord said, the problem here is Matthew 6.33 is not a settled issue in their life. I've learned you can't really be properly discipled unless Matthew 6.33 is a settled issue. Peter, James, and John don't start to actually learn and be discipled until they forsake all. Here's another thing I've learned. Jesus taught us really clearly that no one can serve two masters. No one. No one. So you will, humanity will always live frustrated where they are not serving God and make this intentional choice every day to serve God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind. And here's, here's the, the, the part that really kind of mixes it up. They add God to the mix and maybe tongues to it, but they live consistently frustrated because it really is not a settled issue in their life. And I've learned too, you will secretly despise something that keeps you back from what is really in your heart. So he has this dream. Back to the dream. Look at verse 7 again. They were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. This is like, and I always think this is funny. Joseph doesn't call the dream interpreter. Everyone, including his brothers, knew that he was, that what, what this dream meant. The dream actually is saying, first of all, you, you see at the start of the dream, they're all in the same place. They're all brothers, but one brother is going to rise up among the other brothers. God gives Joseph a dream of ruling over his brothers. That's God who gives him that dream. The, the reason I'm saying that is because God wants to release purpose and ideas to people that would actually bring redemption to nations, but they'll have to elevate high places to do it. Sometimes there's this, it's, it's interesting because his brothers know you're going to rule over us. Sometimes the concept of dominion kind of gets shifted around. You'll see here that Joseph is elevated to a place of dominion in a nation because he has a heart to serve people around him. That's the biblical posture. Why do, why do I want to have dominion over my life and over the environment and, and, and over the world that I live in and in Fayetteville? Why? Because I want to serve humanity well. That's so good. And sometimes we view dominion through an incorrect lens. The dream is God's dream. Joseph is going to be blessed and prosperous, but it's for the benefit of a saving of a nation. Yes. 
That's the benefit. He's made a covenant with his people, and he's going to say, you know, it's going to go the wrong way, but I'm going I'm to have this guy that will redeem my word in the earth. The reason your purpose and God's dream for your life is so important is because it's, to point, it's supposed to point to a redemption, God's redemptive work in human history. And here's another thing I've learned. God will not judge you for coming to church meetings. God will not judge you for operating in spiritual gifts. God will judge you for the purpose that he gave you before the foundation of the earth. So Joseph gets this dream, and here's something really important. He hears this dream, and it comes to him not... It comes to him supernaturally by revelation. It also comes to him by way of the spirit. He has a dream. I, I, I don't do it anymore, but uh, if you watch somebody sleep, you usually can't tell if they're having a dream. It's in an unseen realm. Joseph has a dream from a different realm that he receives, and when he receives something from a different realm, it's the seed of God that now comes on the inside of him, and there was a yes to what, what God said over his life, and it began to define his life from that day forward. Yes. Yes. It's really interesting, too, because... There's not anything in Joseph's life in the natural that changes on the inside except that his brothers hate him even more because he's got a dream. The human tendency because, and this is one of the big things that God likes to teach people, the tendency is to go, you know, you, how many, you know, if, if you are sincerely following God, you know when God speaks to you. Now, you might need a few confirmation, but you know, you know, you know, it's you know, you know. Most of the time when people are like, I'm trying to discern if this is really God, I'm like, they just, they're trying to get out of it. <laughs> and you know, I, I've seen people use scripture to talk them out of the will of God. but there's not anything that changes. The thing that did change is Joseph is now changed because there's a dream on the inside of him. In fact, everything goes contrary to that dream. If you read the narrative, I don't know how much we'll get to, but he completely, everything goes completely contrary to that dream, but that dream is on the inside of him. The enemy loves, you'll see this constantly in biblical narratives, the enemy loves to constantly define you by your current condition and the place that you're at to tell you what God said will not come to pass. He cannot stop the purpose of God, but if he can stop you from believing correctly, you will actually abort the purpose of God in that area in your life. He receives this dream from God. It comes to him. How does it come to him? The dream comes by revelation, by revelation. And here's the other part of it. The dream over Joseph's life, there is no way he can cause that dream to come to pass. Right, right. 
God's purpose in your life is so beyond anything that you could do. Like, if you can think about your life and you're like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go to NC State, I'll get my accounting degree, and then I'm going to live out. And you kind of got to figure out how that path is going to be. You're living way, 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 way below what God intended. Now, he will give you natural things to follow. He will, he, will, he will tell you, like, do this, do that, move here. But if you can think about how the purpose of God can be fulfilled in your life, you will live way, way, way below what God intends for you. So he gets this dream from God. And the other thing we notice about this is Joseph has favor with his father, even though he's an immature young man. When God gives you a dream, it's the favor of God that is preferential treatment on the earth that designs you to fulfill everything that God has called you to do despite the obstacle, despite the circumstance, and despite anything that can come your way. It's, it's important because one of the things you notice about Joseph here is that, or, or as you, you finish, you read the whole narrative, is that one conclusion that you can make is that he is fully convinced that what God has told him will come to pass. And here's, here's a big thing in any area of your life, not just about the purpose, not just about the direction God has taken you, is you can know something to be true about God but still not be fully convinced it will happen for you. I know, I know God heals. I'm just not quite sure he'll heal me. I know God is a God of, you know, more than enough. I'm just, I just, that just hasn't been my experience. And often, when we have trouble believing something, it is the trauma that we've experienced that we need freedom from, that as we receive freedom from that, we can connect with God correctly. So Joseph becomes fully convinced that what God said will take place. You, you got to believe that because he goes through some tough stuff. Right. <laughs> About eight years ago, I was in South Africa, and I was running one morning. And as I was running, I was thinking Western traffic. You know, they drive on the wrong side of the road there. And um, I'm supposed to go there in August. Missed it. I want to get there. So I'm running one day, and I'm a little tired that morning. And as I'm running, I'm thinking I'll see all the cars. And I wasn't thinking they're driving on the wrong side of the road, but I should have been thinking. And a big dump truck comes. And I thought literally like slow motion, this is how people die. And I, I, when I tell the story, I always wish I could have said I said something spiritual like Jesus or prayed in tongues. I didn't. I screamed like a woman. Ah! <laughs> and God would not have been calling me home. Abner would have called himself home because he wasn't thinking. And I thought, I'm going to die. And this big, it's like this thing was so big, it's bigger than my house, and it just like grazes my elbow. I still don't know what happened, except God was protecting me. That's why you got to say the scripture over your life every day. Yes, sir. 
He'll even protect your poor choices sometimes. Really, he will. So the dump truck pulls over, and he's kind of like, how did this guy not die under there? And I run back to, to my hotel that morning, and in the afternoon, I'm just sitting in my hotel, and I start talking to the Lord, and the Lord says to me, he said, you know, if you would have died today, you would have been with me. I said, yes, I would have. And he said to me, he said, why do you think that? And it was like my life flashed before me of growing up around the things of God. We heard, I heard it since I can remember hearing things about God. It was one of the things, the community I grew up in specialized. We were very excited about flying away and going to heaven. So they said, to be absent from the body is to be present. I heard that probably almost every Sunday. You could get saved in my church every week. It's a different story. But he showed me that since that was put in my mind as a child, something had been shifted in my mind where I'm, I've never been afraid to die, I've never had a fear, because a belief system had been put inside of me where I believed I'm gonna be with the Lord because I'm in Christ. And most, see, we heard amen because most of us have heard that. Then he said to me, this is what he said to me. He said, I want you to believe everything I tell you just like you know you're going to be with me one day. Come on, man. Yes. You also notice something here that just because Joseph has favor, it doesn't mean he doesn't have any difficulty. It just means that favor gives him the ability to override all difficulty. Oh, that's a word for a bunch of people in this room here. It doesn't mean you won't have any difficulty. In this world, you will have tribulation. I don't know about you. I don't celebrate my tribulation. I don't. You know, I, I hear some people, I mean, you, some people are different places. Like, I'm looking for a devil. I'm like, I'm not looking for the devil. I got enough challenges just saying yes to the Lord. Help me. Like, I'm not focused on the devil, you know. He can go to hell, you know. So, I'm not saying he doesn't exist. It's just, you know, anyway. But the word of the Lord for some of you is just because you're having challenges doesn't mean the favor of God has left you. Think about that. His purpose is by revelation. Understanding the ways of God have to be by revelation. So you must hear things and hear things again. I repeat prophecies over my life every, almost every morning. Why? Because I usually don't believe them the first time I hear them. I'm, being very, I'm a very honest person. It doesn't change God's idea. Here's what happens is, and there's something, and, and you can't, there's, it's great, yeah, it's teaching, great, everything, hear it, but there's something when it comes out of your mouth that your born-again spirit comes alive when it's hearing yourself talk about what God has said about you. So he faces trouble. Years ago, I was asking the Lord, I was like, God, tell me about Joseph, because I know you're good and you're kind, and he seems to have, you, you know, he went through some stuff, and I still remember it. 
Still remember what the Lord said. He said, it was my mercy and my kindness that allowed Joseph to walk through what he walked through to build within him a deep internal foundation so he could carry the assignment I had for him. So what's, what's the lesson there? The lesson is simply because difficulty surrounds your life, it doesn't mean that God has forsaken you and doesn't mean that the dream has been taken away from you. And I have learned that he doesn't waste any time. I remember, you know, you know when you think you're, you're being spiritual but you got Holy Spirit diapers on? There's like, you know, you hear the voice of God. So I started telling God one day, you said you would do this. You said you would do this. And you said, I, I, you know, I've shown him a few places in my journal. I know you said this. And I don't see anything. And I always remember, he said, I never waste anyone's time. People waste my time all the time. Do what I've asked you to do and I'll do what I said I would do. And then I learned something, that in the middle of believing God for something, you can be secretly offended at God. Yeah. Yeah. How come this didn't happen, or how come that didn't, you know? So you got to be careful of that, too. So I've learned, as long as you're positioned correctly, whatever is in front of you in the current moment, he wants you to steward and it's not that he's mean or cruel, but he will put you in environments where you get to practice certain things that you don't think you need practicing. God, I want to love you. I want to love everyone just like you. Oh, buddy, he's going to answer that prayer. There's coming a new person at work. And they're, putting their, they're going to have their uh, cubicle right next to you. And they're going to do everything that annoys you. Because he's going to take your... I don't like people who do that. I don't like, you know, I don't like this. I don't like, you know, that just makes me real upset. And he'll put them right next to you all day. And then I learned we get real religious too. Let's touch and agree. I, you know, the Lord brings me somewhere else. And God goes, no, ain't no moving that. That's exactly where I got you. There's not... Uh, you, uh, you prayed that prayer. Now I'm taking you up on it. It's true. Because I've learned you can't get patience in a prayer line. Come on. You can't get self-control in a prayer line. You got to practice that one. It's amazing, too. A good day for Joseph is that he's not killed. His brothers see him, and they go, let's kill him. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. The enemy cannot destroy. Amen. Come on. Look at that camera. The enemy cannot destroy God's purpose over America. God's purpose will be fulfilled. You can try all you want to divide, but God's purposes will be fulfilled. God's purposes will be fulfilled over your life. They see him coming, and they say, let's kill him. 
So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brother, they stripped Joseph of his tunic and the tunic of many colors that was on him. Notice too, what, what, what did that tunic represent? It represented the love and favor that his father had on him. So the enemy is trying to strip him in, his natural, in the natural of, of the very thing that's going to cause him to fulfill that dream. So Joseph's got to embrace this thing called process. Process is really, really important. Process is the journey of trust and learning to live by faith in every season. We do not want situational faith, but we want relational faith rooted in our identity. In order for Joseph to fulfill destiny, Joseph had to embrace a lifelong journey which included opposition. It's a journey that in some seasons, the primary focus of God in our lives is character development. Here's what's really important. The dream and the seed when God tells you or gives you a glimpse of purpose, and it's really important to live with a sense of purpose. My, pe- my people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. That word is revelation knowledge. It's not intellectual understanding. To Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, without prophetic revelation. That's why God wants to, const- the enemy wants to constantly silence the voice of God in God's people. Without prophetic revelation, the people of God perish. John 16, he will tell you things to come. Why does he tell you things to come? Because what happened? When did Joseph begin walking in destiny? The moment he said yes, everything in his life was now going to be oriented. God was going to move in that unseen realm, moving things, shifting things, changing things on his behalf. Years don't matter to God because he doesn't live in that place. He's just going, that guy is going towards his dream. And so he's moving and orchestrating things in the unseen realm. As long as his heart stayed Uh, uh, aligned with heaven, that dream was going to come to pass. The dream qualified him, but it wasn't sufficient. God's qualification of you is not sufficient. It's the choices you make within the context of knowing purpose that will define whether you fulfill your purpose on the earth. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm called to be an apostle. I'm going to take over the world and, you know, I'm going to have a regular. That, 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 that's great, but it's the choices you make knowing that that will define if you're fruitful in the earth. Very important. And that, and everything, I've learned is everything contrary to what God has called you to do will come to the surface the moment God speaks to you about vision. Oh, you know, no one in our family's ever done that. Or, you know, no one's ever been to college. You know, all this stuff will come to the surface. And it will try and make you a victim of where you started, not where God is taking you. And that's a really big thing going on in America right now. Everybody's a victim. People get beat up just to be victims. It's a different story. 
Genesis 37, 24, they took him and cast him into a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water. Joseph is placed in a barren place not to destroy him, but to teach him how to trust God no matter the environment. Think about where he's going. He is going to govern a nation. Anything he says will come to pass. What does he need to trust God? This is really big because some people think they're going to trust God when they get to the place he's called them to. If you don't trust God here, you're not going to trust him over there when there's great responsibility on you years ago the Lord spoke to me he said in that same context he goes I didn't bring you into a wilderness to destroy you oh thank God because I feel like I'm dying but you know what's really dying all the stupid things you think about that's what's really dying He's put in a barren place because God wanted to teach him how to receive from the oasis of heaven no matter what environment. This is really important because we are in a season in the earth where you have to know your belief system to define the environment around you. Cultural coming to a church building is now done in America. So he sold into slavery. Think about it. He sold into slavery by his own brothers who should have been cheering him. And by the way, he is the answer to their redemption. They are despising the young guy that is actually going to cause him to live later in life. Literally, life and death is given to him. And they're despising the thing that is going to bring their redemption. That's happening right now. He sold into, into, into slavery. And the reason I say that, because I call this the test of relationships. If there was anyone ever who could have chosen to live as a victim the rest of their life would have been Joseph. Oh, my pastor, you know, you know, he, you know I had this gift and God started using me and they kicked me out of the church and, you know, this happened and that happened and, you know, I, I married this fool and he took all our money and I'm in debt. Yeah. I'm not, I, like, I, I am, I'm very thankful. It's good to grow up in a normal environment. I cannot fathom sometimes the things people go through. But here's what I always tell them. I said, every trauma you've been through, God has the healing. I know that about my God. And you now have a choice whether you're going to be defined by this trauma, this mistake, anything you've done. You're gonna, you, you have that choice of whether you're going to live from that place from this day forward. His own brothers. I want to suggest to you, though, something's going on in here. This young guy has some values on the inside of him. They are sustaining him. Look at uh, 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and a pattern for the officer of the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord is with you in your circumstance right now. The Lord is with America right now. The Lord is in his people right now. This is, uh, I believe, New King James. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was successful, and he was in the house of the master of the Egyptian. Uh, I think NIV said that he was prosperous. 
This is fascinating stuff. This, to me, this is, this is a, a, a perfect picture of how, how we are called to live in the earth. Someone else owns him. This guy, and most people, most commentators will tell you uh, later when his wife comes, he could have killed Joseph if he wanted. Yeah. How are you prosperous if someone else owns you? Yeah. It's in here. What does that mean? It's not just prosperity, but is he has a belief system that is defining his environment. Here's the other thing. He's a servant, and he's serving someone when it's no benefit to him. That's our posture to have real dominion, to serve people when it has no apparent benefit to us, when they're not going to put our ministry name on it, when they're not. I, anyway, it's just really important for me certain things, that we do things as a ministry, and nobody needs to know about it. It's just to serve people. It's just to be a blessing because God told us to do it. So prosperity was on the inside of him before it ever manifested on the outside. That's real prosperity to me. So Joseph found favor. Notice he's got favor. The favor is manifesting and served him. And then he made him overseer of the house and all that he put under his authority. So it was from that time to time he made him overseer of his house and all that he had and the Lord blessed the Egyptian. There it is. He blessed the Egyptian. Why did he bless the Egyptian? For Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. This is a really good time to be alive because the blessing of the Lord is gonna keep God's people. The blessing of the Lord is going to touch everything that we do. It might be shaking on the outside, but for God's kingdom people, it's going to be Goshen in everything we touch. Come on. That's right. So he puts them in a place of action. I call this like the nuggets of knowing that you're, you're on God's path. Uh, last uh, Sunday, um, got this word on Sunday morning. I said, oh, I, that's the Lord. And then as I was teaching, something began to happen where that word wasn't in full measure, but it made me know that that's a down payment for that word coming to pass. I call them nuggets that God gives you. Go, that's, that's, that's it. I'm on the right path. I haven't seen the full measure of it, but I'm on the right path. So what happens? We know that he, he's serving. We know that the, 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 that the wife comes to him and, and, and every day, not just once. So what does it teach us? It teaches us this, that this walk with the Lord is in every day. Yes. God, without you. Jesus, the perfect son of man, who never made a mistake, said this. Without you, I can do nothing. Every day, he had to position himself and know that he could not give in to the enemy coming through this woman. That's a big one. You know, one thing I've learned when you have difficulty or relational things or this thing's going crazy, I always go, okay, God, what are you teaching me here? Yeah. 
Because the enemy will try and use circumstances and people to cause you to come out of alignment with his will. So now it gets worse for Joseph. (laughs) But think about what's happening. He's getting one step closer to fulfilling that dream. This This is God. This is how God does stuff. Joseph, I'm about to show you that it's not anything that man can do for you, but I'm going to fulfill this dream in your life. I know what that's like in some measure. Gets thrown into prison. Also think about what's happening though there. Joseph, he's going to interpret a dream and then what he's going to do? He's going to be an administrator. What is he doing? God is giving him natural experience That's right. That's right. With, the, with what he will need when he's elevated to a place of authority. Joseph does not change when he becomes prime minister. Right. He's already got the value system. Here's something also really important. It might look sometimes God on this road to, to, to things that he's called you to do. Sometimes he'll tell you to go over here, go over there, go back there. It, you know, it doesn't even make, it didn't make sense to me for a lot of years. Why, why are you having me over here? This, I just feel like, okay, we got to go over there. And, but because he's going to use the circumstances, the places he puts you in to give you natural experience to what you will need in the future. I remember years ago, I had a, uh, just not far from here, I, when, I, when my, whole, my whole life literally changed, literally changed in a moment of time. And I remember, I was like, Lord, you know, I was, I was in, in, in college and uh, as a freshman, I had a, um, a partial athletic scholarship that had been promised to me. And, uh, you know, I go, well, you know, my life is yours, you know, should I go train in ministry and, uh, you know, go to a school in ministry? And there were lots of outpourings going on there. There'd be great places to train. And here's, here's what's really important. You can't live your destiny based on intellectual information. And the Lord's like, no, I don't. I want you to stay in school. And now there are certain nations I go to because of the degrees I have, I'm able to get into those nations. I didn't know it. What? He's governing your life. Allow God to give you the experience you'll need to take you where he wants to take you. You know, uh, I think, yeah, Friday I get on a plane again. They're going to tell me to wear a mask like 50 times. That's a different issue that I'm working with my counselor on. But uh, I fly Delta, Sky Team. And I've never gotten on a plane. When I got on the plane, like the cat, I don't know, it's just me. The pilots talk way too much. I don't, I don't care how far we're going. It's too loud. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. Just, I know where I'm going. Let's go. <laughs> but I've never, I, I've never gotten on there and had a pilot go, my name is Joe. I've never flown a plane in my whole life. <laughs> but I got a word at Covenant Love on Sunday that I can fly like an eagle. So bless God, I'm trying it out right now. Abner's getting off that plane. 
I don't care if you got a prophetic word, a shofar, a certificate that says you're a prophet. You don't have any experience flying that plane. I live a life of divine health. Thank you, Jesus. But if I ever had an issue, I don't want a first-year medical student. I want an expert to tell me what's going on here. And sometimes people want to short-circuit the stewardship process. And here's the other thing. You never outgrow process. You just got bigger mountains to... And, if, and I've learned that if you don't develop, you know, it, it, when, when I was in graduate school, I, I made $850 a month. I didn't like it. I didn't. And then I realized right away, years later, God was teaching me how to live by faith right off the bat. 850 bucks was not enough to pay my rent, eat, and all that stuff. I never missed anything. I ate well. That's, that's the faithfulness of God. Gave, gave, gave. Why? He was developing things inside of me. The numbers just switch. So now he's in prison. Verse 21 of Genesis 39. You still with me? Just keep tracking with me. I figure you didn't come for a sermonette this morning. Sermonette made Christianettes. You're warriors. Constantly in training. The posture of a child. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. He's throw, he is thrown in prison because he does the right thing. Let me say this. Here's one thing I've learned. When you live with integrity, it doesn't matter who slanders you, who speaks evil of you. You will never need to defend yourself. God's truth will always win out. Think about what's happening here too. The prime minister of a nation, the one who's going to save his chosen people from famine is in a prison. Why do I say that? Because hiddenness is always an aspect of the journey. God operates in hiddenness and then manifestation, hiddenness and then manifestation. And I want to say there are many people here today, God has put something in your heart that is way beyond even your mind, what you could ask or think, and the word of the Lord to you is you have heard correctly, you have heard his voice, but you stay in that place of stewardship, you're in a hidden place, but God will cause your environment to be shifted and changes, you just hold on to that voice hold on to what he said and you will see the fulfillment of what he has said over your life, over your family. There are pioneers in this room. You're pioneers for your family. You're breaking through. You're breaking ground. That's why the Lord would say there's been so many obstacles but the Lord says those obstacles are beginning to change and before the end of the year you will see a distinct change and you will begin to see the seeds of favor and manifestation be your portion. So he's back in prison. What does he do? He, he, again, he stewards a dream. Butler and the baker, he stewards a dream. He uses his gift where he's at. He's, he's being a blessing. He throws in that little thing, though, when the butler and the baker leave. He goes, by the way, I'll tell, tell Pharaoh about me. And, they, and, and the guy forgets. 
God, I believe, I'm convinced God wanted to show him, this is not going to be done because someone puts in a good word for you. And it's, here's the other part. It's not the right time. Let's say, let's say it did happen. Oh, you know what? Pharaoh goes, all right, I judge you to be a righteous man. Now go back. Where's he go? There's still going to come a famine. He needs the right moment to step into history. That's why it's very important to discern times and seasons. Pharaoh has a dream. Look at uh, Genesis 41, verse 6. Then behold, seven thin heads blighted by the east wind and sprang up, and the seven, head, seven heads devoured the seven plump full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for the musicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams. Catch this. But there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Part of the dream that God has for your life is to answer questions no one in this world system can answer. It might simply be the first person in your family who is not addicted to alcohol. You don't have to live like that. Might be the first woman in your family not to have a child out of wedlock. We don't have to live like that. Might be the first person to ever go to college, whatever it is, because it's supposed to point to something. So now Pharaoh has this problem, he would say. He's troubled. Now he's standing before Pharaoh. Look at uh, Genesis uh, 41. Verse 14. So Joseph sent and called, excuse me, then Joseph sent, I'm going to get it. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved and changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. This is really interesting. He moves out of prison and he's before Pharaoh. There's a reason he's called Pharaoh. There was obviously more than one Pharaoh in history that we know that they called him Pharaoh. Pharaoh, to his people, is looked upon as a god. That's why they had, you know, part of the reason they had pyramids and all this stuff. So they believe he's like a god, God's representative in the earth. And he, and he, is, he, is, he is not necessarily a righteous man. And he's probably doing some evil things. And when Joseph stands before him, this is really, really important. Life lesson here. Joseph doesn't say to him, you're mistreating this, people. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. He is not there for that moment. He could have said things that were true, but it was not what God called him to stay in that moment. That is not his assignment in that moment. 
This is life lesson. I have heard it said of you, you can understand a dream to interpret it. But Joseph answered and saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. I love this. He goes, no, 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 it's not in me. It's in God. It's not in me, it's in God. But then Pharaoh is about to tell him his dream and he interprets it for him. Catch what's happening there. It's not in me. It's in God. But here's the thing. God is not physically on the earth then. But he's in Joseph. Some of you are kind of getting it, sort of. It's a picture. He said, no, only God interprets dream. What does he do? He becomes the voice of God to Pharaoh. It's a picture to me, a New Testament picture. As New Testament people, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We stand between God and men to be the voice of God. You receive this word? And the Lord would say that this is a distinct season in human history. There are scrolls written before the very foundation of the earth for such a time as this. There are words to be spoken, words that would change a nation, that would change a city, that would change even your world in which you live in. And so now the Lord would say there's an invitation to come close. There's an invitation to come into my heart. There's an invitation to know me. There's an invitation to move beyond what you've known, to hear. For when my people hear and see correctly, I will teach them how to manifest what is in the unseen realm. And the Lord says to covenant love, there are things available for you. There are words, ideas, concepts hidden in the realm of the spirit that would be given to you to begin to unlock i just see like um i see i actually see you pastor cam it's like you're underneath the city and the lord is going to give you understanding pastor al the staff it's going to give you but you're leading the way you're leading the way and you're going under the city and the lord's going this is what will unlock the city this one will unlock the harvest this is what will unlock people this is what will cause this is what will cause this city to realign with the purposes of god as never before for the lord would say i've longed for a place that would believe me for a door of glory, not only to come to a group of people, to come to a city. The Lord says to his people, declare for this city to be a city of God. Not only declare it, but the Lord says, ask of me, ask of me, ask of me, ask of me. Did I not command you? 
Did I not say, ask of me and I will give you the nations and the uttermost parts of the earth as your inheritance? The Lord says, I want to give you your portion of Fayetteville. I want it to be said about the group of people that they wrote history and caused the glory of the Lord to come. Not just in this building, but the Lord would say, it'll come in this building. But the Lord said, take it out of the building. Be the voice of God. Be my purpose in the earth. Be, oh, you don't know. I delight in. I delight in when I put you on the earth. I delighted in bringing races together. I delighted in bringing cultures together. But yet there's more. Yet there's more, says the Lord. Yet there's more, says the Lord. There is more. The Hispanics will come in. The Muslims will come in. The Asians will come in. And truly they'll come from all over the earth. There is a global grace. Mara bohoyo bohoyo bohoyo. Yandara bohoyo bohoyo boyo. Hey, yeah, boyo 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 boyo. Yo boyo boyo boyo. Mara bohoto no moyo bohoyo boyo 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 bohoyo boyo. Mekira bohoto no moyo bohoyo boyo boyo. I see like this door open in heaven and there's like a rhythm and a sound from heaven and that as God's people in this room align with that it causes like 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 I see flowers coming to life I see people coming to life 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 speak life says the Lord guard your mouth Speak life in this season. Speak words because the Lord says, I want to add an understanding of the authority on words. I want you to cause that which is dead to come alive. Even as I spoke to Ezekiel to prophesy. I say prophesy hope. Prophesy a city set on a hill. Prophesy generationally. For there is, says the Lord, a mandate upon the group of people here to operate multi-generationally and to build, to build, to build for many generations to come. And so the Lord would say, because of that, I want to expand your vision, expand your understanding, expand your understanding of what you even see possible. I don't know why, I just see this um, room filled with people, not one, not two, not three, but like four and five services on like a Sunday because there's just going to be such a demand. And there'll be even a shift, says the Lord, into a team model. And I'm going to bring the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist and teacher, I'm going to bring them to be part of the leadership and the elders here so that a a multi-dimensional grace would come upon this house as never before to equip the people for the work of the ministry. And there's an equipping grace to teach people how to hear, how to move, how to be free of that which has held them back. There's multi-generational multiplication anointing. So the Lord says in 2000, in 2021, I desire to release acceleration, multiplication, and increase. And the Lord says, do not look to what is taking place in the earth to 
decide what you'll do because I'll give you revelation far beyond what is in the current landscape in this city because I want to cause you to be a sign to this city of a distinct group of people living from a different place but bringing heaven to earth. God is doing in this room, I just encourage you to lift your hands. There's like, I just see in the spirit, there's just like seeds falling. Father, we just receive what you're doing in this room. Hear the voice of the Lord right now. The Lord will speak to you right where you sit. And right where you sit, chains are falling. Heaviness is leaving. Depression is going. Some of you will feel like a, a fire on your chest. It's just a physical sign that there's a marking from heaven for you today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The Lord is a uh, telling you, whoever that is, might be several of you, the Lord is healing somebody's lower back, right knee, mahaya, arthritis, the Lord is healing arthritis, just be healed of arthritis, receive your healing right now, encourage you too, if it's something, see like it's with somebody's leg at least, just move that thing around, the Lord, just be healed in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. like the base of somebody's neck, the Lord is healing somebody. There's a woman here today, I believe uh, you were in a car accident, I believe it was seven years ago, and uh, it's, it's caused a lot of trauma, and there's some fear there when you drive now, and God is just gently just freeing you of trauma, of fear. Just be free today, be free today. Be free today. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just sometimes things get on us and there's a freedom. So just receive your freedom. There's uh, three people here. You're, you're, uh, it's not just you battle, but there's, you have tormenting depression. 
And there's a gentleness of the Lord here, just freeing you. Just be free. Just encourage you. If that's you, just lift your hands. Be free in Jesus' name. There's a couple here. You, um, I believe that you have a, a small business and things are really, really tight. And this is kind of an interesting word, but... Uh, there's a specific seed, and, and I actually saw the amount that you're supposed to sow, and when you release that in your hand, it'll be part of your deliverance, and it'll be a prophetic act. It's not a large amount, but it's like, it might be a large amount for you, but it, it's like this act of, the, of just trusting the Lord. The Lord will tell you where to sow it, and as you come into agreement, it'll be like that, that widow woman. It will cause prosperity. You'll see a shift, and it won't run out. You're almost wondering, do we need to shut this thing down by the end of the year? And the word of the Lord is to know my hand is on that business and there's just a reshuffling of it now thank you Lord thank you Lord uh, there's a, a mom here I believe and uh son is kind of really active and you're kind of like Lord what am I going to do with this kid and the word of the Lord to you is that uh, he's a young prophet and uh, the Lord is going to give you the grace to raise him exact it's a very unique way and the word of the Lord to you is one size does not fit all and he's going to give you the grace to raise that child and you'll see you'll see him walk out the purpose of God he'll be unique he'll walk in great great power and that's why he's constantly active because he's going to run to the nations of the earth but you just need to know you need to know God's hands on that child and the Lord says you can rest knowing that child will serve me all the days of his life it's like I even see like his wife, it's like beautiful. That child, the word of the Lord to you is that child will serve me all the days of his life. Thank you, Lord. Let's just see like this uh, man, you're, I don't know if you're watching on live stream or uh, you're actually here in the building, but the Lord has spoken you to start and birth a church, and um, it's gonna. It needs to start by 2021, and this is just a confirmation. It'll be a, a church of great power. You're you're an incredible teacher, and the Lord will bring people around you to help build and supplant that. And you actually have a tremendous administrative mind, and you're thinking maybe I I don't know how to do this, but the Lord says the wisdom of God with the journey you've already been on will will be sufficient for you to walk that out. just see for the people watching here, I just encourage you to lift your hands one more time. I just see the fire of God just gently moving around this room. So Lord, we thank you for an impartation of the Holy Spirit and fire. Lord, I thank you that what you've done in this room will not stay in this room, but it will go and produce with the words that have gone. You know, it'll give great testimony to you. And we just thank you for this being a marking day. 
And by the authority you've given me, Lord, as a prophet in the kingdom of God, I just say there's a marking. A marking for your people today. A marking for your people. A marking for your people. Where it felt like they, they, there was a wall that just stopped them in the spirit. I just say they're breaking through. And there's grace to break through. And you're going to hear. 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 Where you're at a crossroads. Where you're at a crossroads, you're going to hear the correct instructions in this season. 